right, we are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bounds, along with Camille Flores. And we are here with our bonus episode, SVE, Special Victim Episode. And, you know, I'm in the studio with by myself with this because Camille is in a different state. And, you know, uh, we're still dealing with the COVID-19, but that's okay. Tonight, we have a very special guest. Um, We have a young lady that is very brave that's coming on here tonight to tell her story. Kaylee, welcome to the show. Thank you. I was told about your story. Uh, Camille called me and, you know, listening to Camille go into the details of everything, the the hell and the chaos that you you went through. You know, share your story with our listeners. Tell our listeners exactly what you told us. What what happened with you a couple months ago? Well, I mean, essentially it was it was kind of just it was a pretty toxic relationship. I mean, besides it being toxic, it was he was very mentally ill. So on March twenty first, um, a couple weeks before that is when he started. You know breaking my phone, stealing my clothes, a bunch of, you know, crazy stuff, breaking into my house. So, you know, I was still associated with him because I was I was scared because he always found a way. The cops told me, take it as a loss. I have no proof. So the night of March 21st, I had told him, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, it has to be cut off completely. So he had broken into my house through my air conditioner that night before work and told me, I was going to come home to ashes. And, you know, he said it before, but for some reason, something inside me was like, you need to do something. I called the police. I made a report. I warned my neighbors downstairs. I lived in the triplex. They lost their homes as well. And uh, that night he had called me and he was like, why is my towel on the floor? I'm like, what are you talking about? How are you in there? He was like, just let me stay. You know, just let me stay. I was like, no, like we can't like, I said, we can maybe be friends, but let's work on ourselves, you know? And I didn't want anything to do with him, but I didn't want to, you know, make him mad because I was scared. So um, he was on the phone with me about 3.27 a.m. He had at my living room on fire and it had traveled throughout the, my complex. The downstairs people didn't get the fire damage, but they got the water damage. I ended up losing, you know, everything I have except, you know, the clothes I have on me. And from that point, that's the last time I had talked to him when he told me I didn't do that. We have our problems. But, you know, he's currently in jail for um, he went for burglary, trespassing and three counts of aggravated arson. Um, They had dropped the trespassing and burglary for a plea deal. And now he just has the three aggravated arsons, which are now reduced to felony twos. Okay, so let's start from the beginning when you first met this guy. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, what What was he like? How did the relationship start and where did it, obviously, we know where it ended up at. But let's start from right. the beginning when you, you, you met up with him. Well, I had met him when um, I was 17. Now, he was probably 27. But we didn't, and it wasn't like that. Like, we were good friends. Like, he was my manager, actually, at McDonald's. Um, we we talked sometimes, but nothing weird, nothing like, no, nothing sexual. I left McDonald's um, I, sometime around June. My birthday's in June. 
I had turned 18 and we started talking again. He was like, hey, come work back at McDonald's. And I was like, okay. So I did. And in August um, of 2019, so last year, we started dating. And he's very, very smart. Like, he's super smart. You know, you can have an intellectual conversation with him for, like, three hours. And it's very interesting, his outlook on things. Because when he's not in that, you know, like psychotic state of mind his but before the toxic traits came out he's he was a very good friend to have but he just had he was an alcoholic so that was you know a big trigger i think for everything that happened so where did it go from there you you guys you noticed that he was an alcoholic and he was drinking when did the abuse start well i would say i remember early very early on he had drank and I'm I'm 18. I've never been around this before. So I'm like, I can fix it. I know I can fix it. So he drank 50 beers one night, over 50, went and got more. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. After that was the breaking point. I was like, you drink twice a week, once a week, once a month. And then we got down to once a month. And But after that, when he would get mad at me, he would punish me by saying, I'm going to go do a Percocet. I'm going to go drink. And I was, I've never been around drugs or anything like that before. So I wasn't sure the effect that, you know, certain pills had on people. And it was like my punishment was him doing that stuff. And then it would turn into him. He would start speaking in an accent, like go, he was a different person, like trying to kill himself, trying to hurt me. Like it was, that's when it first started, but he never put his hands actually on me up until about a month before he burnt the house down in um, April. So I noticed that you said that at the time you had just turned 18, he was 27. Mm -hmm. With everything that this guy was putting you through, you know, you're looking at you're 18 and he's older. What made you Mm -hmm. want to stick around and put up with it? I mean, you're a young lady. Why would you? I mean, that's what people would think. You know, she's so young, right. she can just move on just, just like that. What what made you not be able to move on that quick? I mean, because at first, like, he's just the, the smartest person. Like, I felt like I had ever met before, like, would go into those crazy states of mind. Cause he wasn't always like that, and that's not me being naive. Like, I have videos, they're crazy, where he would go into the psychotic state and be a different person. Now, towards the end is when, so I'm I'm young, I have a, I have a pretty good job. I make decent money. So, you know, I got my first apartment. I got a new car. I had a bunch of nice clothes and the new iPhone. And he told me, he's like, you're too materialistic. This is your lesson. He stole my shoes and my clothes. He threw my iPhone 11 in the river. So it was like, he was really bitter about me having a lot, I think, because he's never had much. So it's like, I was, I kept trying to help him. But after that point, I tried to leave, but he would just break in. And I would tell the police, I said, can I please have a restraining order? They said no because he has no reason to come back. So if he does, we can worry about it then. But unfortunately, the next time he came back was when he burned it down. So the police refused you help, basically, right? Right. And I've never been the type to bash him or anything. I feel like domestics aren't taken serious. Like I remember they came in. He had um, smashed my phone multiple occasions. I had to keep buying new phones. He would break in. I tried to run outside. He ripped my shirt off my body. I had my smashed phone. I had my wallet laying on the floor and where he took my money and they told me I couldn't prove it, take it as a loss because if there's a mark on him, I'm going to jail too. 
And I wouldn't doubt that there was a mark on him because when he was on top of me, I know I was trying to get him off of me. So what did he do to you when he was on top of you? He was like choking me, trying to get my phone from me. That was at the point I had the, my new phone and he wanted to take it. So he was like choking me, like punching me to try to get my phone from me. Like out of, I put it in my pocket. Okay. So do you mind me asking what led up to, I mean, no man should hit no woman, but what led up to you guys to get to that point? If you want me to be honest with you, it's because I bought mac and cheese, and he doesn't like mac and cheese. I, I wish I could explain. <laughs> I I wish I could explain. There was cheese all over the walls from when he threw it at the wall. I'll get out of my apartment. You're being disrespectful. So he doesn't even like mac and cheese. That's why I got to that point. So this all started with you being choked, put on the floor, battered over mac and cheese? Yes. Um, I... I think there was drugs involved, but I can't say. I can't. Like, I don't, because I just couldn't imagine. Because that's literally what that fight started over. And I haven't thought about it, but when you asked me that, I realized that's literally what it started over. And he didn't like Sloppy Joe's either. I was going to make dinner, and I didn't know he didn't like mac and cheese. So, how long did, let's, let's back up. How long did this abuse go on? How many times would you say that he struck you or abused you? Um, like physically? Yes. Physically, he probably did it a total of three times. Uh, okay. The first time was when he smashed my first phone with a hammer. And the second time was when he smashed my other phone with a hammer. And the third time was when he stole my phone. So there was three total times. So three, three iPhones totaled, mm -hmm. um... You know, because iPhones, both of I own two iPhones, and they're not cheap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you see where I'm going to go with this? Um, yeah. Because they're not cheap, and you keep letting him destroy your new iPhone, and he threw one in the river, right? Right. And so now let's talk about the mental abuse. How many times did you go through mental abuse? It probably started pretty early on, um, but it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. I didn't mean that. It was always like, you're going to go out and be a hoe. You have Snapchat because you want to be a hoe. And I was like, no, that's been my main use for communication. Like, I'm young. I, when I was in seventh grade, I got Snapchat. I've used it ever since. Like, And it was like, you didn't delete these people. And I was like, oh, I'm not asking too much, so I delete them. And then he's like, delete everything but this i'm like no like it was like i would do what he asked but then it got too much and it was like i'm cheating i'm a hoe i want this and that and that started probably like four months in kaylee did you ever um find yourself just trying to um like to keep the peace like saying i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do that just to keep the peace like i'm you know, apologizing when you feel like you didn't need to, or did you feel like, you know, I'll do this just because he wants me to? Honestly, I have. That's when, that was at the beginning. I felt like I was super naive at the end. Like, so I was always trying to leave, but he'd find a way back. He didn't live with mm -hmm. me, though, but he, I would come home and he was in my apartment. Like, yeah. beforehand, it was, and he didn't have a key. Like, I had to get a lock and install to use the credit card. But, um, I, 
in the beginning, I felt like I would try to justify his actions. Like, I'd be sitting there like, this is wrong. Like, this is wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. I sit there and try to justify, well, maybe he feels this way because... And, and that was just being naive or I'm not sure. I would try to justify his actions when they, they weren't okay in the least. Right. I mean, they weren't. Yeah. Um, I think I shared with you when we spoke, when I interviewed you, um, I'm not sure if I told you, Ed, but um, when I interviewed Kaylee, I told her that when I was 18, it, I was with, it was my first serious relationship um, that my relationship was similar to Kaylee's, that it was very, um, like, toxic. It was very unhealthy. And I, a lot of the stuff that she mentioned, it reminded me of my relationship. And I found myself apologizing when I did nothing wrong. It was just to keep the peace. And our relationship was very, very toxic. He was very verbally abusive, mentally abusive, and then he got physically abusive towards the end. I was, I found myself having no self-esteem. And then it got to a point where I wasn't allowed to wear certain things um, that he said I couldn't wear. Or I was alienated from my family and my friends. If we went somewhere, it got to the point where I had to look down when we went somewhere because he thought I was looking at people. And so a lot of stuff that she said reminded me of that. And then, you know, it just, a lot of stuff that she said, so I can totally relate to how a lot of that stuff felt. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you were able to not be in that relationship anymore, um, mm-hmm. because those can be very, um, um, exhausting, very toxic, mm-hmm. very just, you can wake up one day and you can just feel very tired and not know why, but it's, they're very draining. Okay. Now, Camille, you said that you were in the same relationship like her you could relate and how he kept you away from your family kaylee what about your family what what, where did they play a role in this did they even know about him and his age um they were they knew about him because they didn't like the age difference and at that point i was kind of angry at them i didn't separate from them but i didn't like their decision because you know he wasn't a bad person at first Towards the end, they knew of it, but I couldn't come to them anymore because they didn't really understand that I really, I tried my best to get away, but like when he came in and broke my phone again, I had no way to contact them because if they told me, they told me if I got into something like that with him again, they would cut me off completely. So I was kind of alone because instead of like supporting me, which I understand their frustration, like but instead of being there for me, if you do it again, we're cutting you off completely. Don't text us. Don't call us. Yeah. So the arson thing, he burning down your apartment. How did he get caught? How how did the police was able to know it was him that did this? I remember I had came. um, I was watching it like burn down. The arson investigator came over to me and he was like, so have you had any threats? And it was I literally right as he was burning it down. I called the cops and said, he's in my house. He just called me. So besides the police report prior to that happening and during it happening, I had made reports of the threats. Now, he knew not to text it, but he called it. There was call logs right when he started the fire. 
So they had copied my phone, and I think they ended up arresting him at 3 p.m. that day. He had done it at 3 a.m. Okay, so earlier when you were talking to them, did you tell them about him threatening to burn down your place? Yeah, I had called them that night and asked if they could watch it while I went to work because I was, I guess it's something in me, which I'm glad there was something in me, said this is serious. I warned my neighbors. I called the cops. I let them know of the threat. And I'm really glad I did because the neighbors heard the fire alarm. Instead of dismissing it like, oh, she might be burning something cooking, they got out of there and called the fire department. Okay. So when you told the police about him threatening to burn down your apartment, what was their reaction? I don't think they were very serious about it, to be honest. But it was also during when the virus started, so they couldn't see me in person. So they made, I believe they made the police report. Um, he was like, yeah, I'll watch your house. We'll do this. I, I don't understand how he was able to break into my house if they were watching it. Like, even, you know, from a distance or even periodically, because it would have took him a minute to break into it. Because I got deadbolt on both doors because of him. So, um, at that point, he, I mean, the police officer, I just think, and my ex, he has prior domestic violences and things. So, I don't think they took it serious enough for the background he had. Because they probably just took it as a, a harmless threat. But I knew deep inside there was something wrong with him that night. And that he really might do it. So you said prior domestic violence. When did you find that out that he had that? Um, I found it out pretty early on. But the thing is, like, I have experienced, like, the mother of his children, which they're engaged now. But um, he... I was on the phone with him one time when he was visiting his kids and his, the mother of his children heard me on the phone. She was like, I'm calling the cops on you. I'm saying you hit me. And I heard her say it. So I was like, they're toxic in themselves. So I thought maybe, you know, she just does this to him all the time. I don't know if the other ones were real. I know that I experienced her wanting to press charges for him talking to me. So I was like, you know, I can't tell who's telling the real story. Like they're both. Okay. Toxic. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. So, okay, he gets arrested. So what happens then? He goes to jail. What goes? What happens then? Well, I went to go um, stay with my sister for a while. They, I had went to the detective to get my phone downloaded, do a statement. Um, a little later, I think a month ago. I had went to the grand jury. I had to go in front of the grand jury and the prosecutor. They asked me a couple questions. Um, the mother of his children was there. So was the other one that I didn't know about. But it wasn't like while we were together. But I guess he had another kid. He was at both of their houses that night. He was at the um, the other one. I've had problems with her harassing me. He was at her house before and after. So I do believe like she's a part of that. But they haven't really looked into that. But I went to the grand jury, I answered a couple questions. He took his plea as not guilty. And then a couple days ago, the 27th, I believe, he had took a guilty plea and they reduced two of the charges and dropped two. So how much time did he end up getting? Um, well, I thought they were doing the sentencing, but that was just the plea hearing. He'll get sentenced next month on the two, there are two felony twos for aggravated arson and a felony one for aggravated arson. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, uh, Emily, any final words, uh, any advice? Um, I would say that, 
you know, you seem very, um, I mean, at 18 to deal with all of this, I mean, at 18 when I dealt with this, I was a wreck, I felt like, and I don't think I would have dealt with this like you did. You seem very, like, just very strong, very, you know, you survived this and you seem like you just have a really good head on your shoulders. Like you're just dealing with this very well. I commend you for that. Um, you know, I just would say to keep just keep being strong, keep going forward. Um, you know, I would say that if you do need someone to talk to that you would, you know, seek that just to help if, do end up getting you know like triggers or anything like that just you know because you might end up I mean it's still fresh but I would Mm -hmm. definitely say that um you know you're actually you're handling it very very well um and I know when I talked to you before you said that this happened two months ago but you basically have rebuilt everything you've gotten everything basically back that mm-hmm. you lost and that's really amazing that you were able to just you know just do that so quickly and you just kind of move forward so I would say just keep keep moving forward and you are a survivor I would say um, don't look at yourself as being a victim just I like to let the women that I talk to let them know that they are survivors um, and, you know, um, just, you know, keep moving forward. Yeah, I agree. And Kaylee, after you've been through everything that you have been through at a very young age, if there was 18-year-old girls, younger girls listening to you right now, what advice would you give them if they was ever to face a situation like yours? I mean, I would say, like, the red flags in the beginning, like it, it definitely costs you later. But you know, sometimes you're not, you're not ready to leave until you're ready. So, you know, my family was, you know, trying to cut me off. If I wasn't ready to leave, and unfortunately, sometimes you're not ready until it's too late. But I mean, if someone ever goes through that much, I want to like right now. Like I deal with it pretty well. People ask me. Like, how do you deal with it so well? Some people tell me I need to cry more because I don't really focus on it. And it's like, you just gotta, you gotta look at yourself. I'm 18. I got a new apartment. I got, I rebuilt almost everything. That's because I look forward to my future. Because as good as I'm doing right now, like, you know, I'm going to be a mother someday. I want to be a homeowner someday. And that's what I really focus on. And it's always good to, because the financial struggle, it won't last forever. It's almost over. The emotional struggle, it might always be deep down there. But one day, you know, in the future, this will mean not very much to me. And I think that's what's really important to look forward to. Because if I wasn't looking ahead right now, I would be stuck in the same spot. I would probably be at my mom's house a mess. But instead, you know, I just keep pushing, trying to look forward to, you know, what the future will hold. Yeah, I agree. And here's the thing. You're young. Don't. Here's my advice. Don't get caught up in anything like that. It, it is so easy. I understand. And you can really care, care for somebody and you can really love somebody. And you people, 
you know, they try to fix things. Men, women, they, they say, okay, he won't do it again or she won't do it again. And I really want to mm-hmm. fix this. And you want to put your all in because to me, you sound like one of those young ladies that's not a quitter. And that's okay. Right. But at what at what cost? You know, because right. you could have been one of those situations where you wouldn't be on this show talking. He could have killed you. You could have been in that apartment. You could have burnt up in that apartment. And he told me he would kill me, too. See? Yeah. And I had told him, though, and I shouldn't have because it might have set him off a few times, which it shouldn't have. I said, I'm very young. I said, you won't beat your... I said, you're not my first, like, love. I had one other boyfriend that... Well, I might have loved, I don't know, 16, but... (laughs) I, um, I said, you're not going to be my last. I said, I'm only 18. Like, I have so much to accomplish. I have yep. so much life to live. I won't put up with this for much longer. I told him, I said, I'm very young. Like, I have way too many opportunities to stay complacent in this spot right here. Like, I want to go somewhere. I don't want to stay here. And, you know, drag him along. You know, he was living off me in my house. I was the one paying bills. Like, I was doing good for myself. Like, I wanted to move up, not stay complacent right there. Well, that's good, and I see why he he hung around so long, you know, because right. you you had the car, you had the nice place, you had nice stuff, you you was, you know, you had it going on, and he, he wanted to be a part of that, but he wanted to have this control thing with, you know, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say that what you did was very very brave to come on here and tell your story because I am hoping others will listen to this and learn from it and you know say hey i'm not gonna do what kaylee did i'm gonna get out you know before it's too late and that's what i hope so kaylee from here on out you try to do the best to make you know better decisions i mean you're not perfect camille's not perfect i'm not perfect nope but just try to learn from this because he's going to be going to do some time okay So just hang in there, sweetheart. Well, all right, guys, we have come to the end, unfortunately. And if there is any more women or children, anyone that has a story that you want to share regarding SVE, please reach out to Camille Flores on our Facebook page, Crime Pursuit Podcast. And we also have Instagram at Crime Pursuit. We have a Twitter at Crime Pursuit as well. You, we have our phone number on the page. If you call the studio, we will forward your number right to Camille Flores. Please don't be silent. Reach out. All right, we have to go. Have a good night.